Some of you are going to find this a bit incredulous, but here's something that federal, state, and local governments all tell us to do that we should actually listen to. Eat more fruits and vegetables. You've heard about the health benefits of increasing plant-based nutrients into your diet, but how can you easily consume all the fruits and veggies needed? Well, it's easy. By adding Grown American Superfood and Essential Vitamins Plus Immunity into your meals. Grown American Superfood and Essential Vitamins Plus Immunity is a power blend that has 31 fruits and vegetables in every scoop. Organic vegetables, super greens, super fruits, and super sprouts. It is fortified with essential vitamins plus an immunity boost. And right now, you can get a free two-week supply of Grown American Superfood and Essential Vitamins Plus Immunity by just paying $8.95 for the shipping and handling. And not only that, you'll also get a free frother to quickly whip up your healthy and nutritious grown American drink. Go to grownamericansuperfood.com forward slash John and order today. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. This is the John Fugelsang Podcast. This is SiriusXM Progress. I'm John saying Welcome to the love fest that is Tell Me Everything. We are bringing good trouble to the right-wing bubble, live, coast-to-coast, and highly, deeply interactive. We're at 866-997-4748. I hope you guys had a great Tuesday. If you are in Georgia, I hope you voted. And if you did vote, we would love to hear from you about your experience in the Georgia runoff. Also, if you're not in Georgia, but I don't know have an opinion about the Georgia runoff, we would love to hear from you as well. We have got a great show tonight, and we're just getting warmed up. Um, the investigative journalist legend Greg Pallast, he's been down there in Georgia and posting some incredible videos of uh, the very, very, very long lines in predominantly African-American voting districts, as opposed to the five-minute lines you'll find in a lot of the Atlanta suburbs. Very, very excited to have him on the show for the first time. I didn't know Greg Pallas had never done this show, and I'm a big geek and fan of his, so definitely, definitely be here for him. Also, two law professors, Joseph Fishkin and William Forbath, have a book that is insanely timely and a book that really will change the way you view how progressives fight for the causes that matter. It's called the Anti-Oligarchy Constitution, Reconstructing the Economic Foundations of American Democracy. You know, we're in this time of incredible inequality and and poverty-related crises. Twenty wealthy Americans own more wealth than the bottom half of the entire population. We haven't seen this level of inequality in almost 100 years, and it's an oligarchy. It's not just for Russia anymore. But their new book shows that fighting and even preventing oligarchy isn't a radical new idea at all, and you can trace it throughout American experience from the Jacksonians to the Republicans against slavery to the Democrats of the New Deal. And at all of these times, they have used the Constitution to argue for more equality rather than using the Constitution to argue that money speech. Listen, it's an incredible book. It blew my mind. And once again, if you're in Georgia, we'd love to hear from you if you voted. And if you have thoughts about it, and let me just say the comedy world, 
well, we'll shed a tear for all the good times we had with Herschel because <laughs> a part of me is going to miss him. And I was saying to Chris right before, look, I, I, I know it's always an outside chance after Trump that Herschel could win. It's always an outside chance after 2022. We have to remember that polls can be wrong about everything. And if Herschel Walker won, as embarrassing as it would be, as cynically racist as it would be for the GOP to put this guy out there, if he were to win, well, the Democrats would still control the Senate and Herschel Walker would be the face of the Republican Party, which they would deserve. So we'll find out all night long. We will be bringing you live updates um, and letting you know how the race is going. And don't go anywhere, because when we are all wrapped at midnight on the East Coast and at uh, 9 p.m. on the Pacific, Sirius XM Progress is extending our coverage of the Georgia runoff elections all throughout the night. You will get up to the minute polling results. And then the mighty Nyira Hawk picks it up at midnight. She's going to be talking to people on the ground in Georgia who helped organize and get out the vote, like Cliff Albright from Black Voters Matter and Georgia State Senator-elect Nabila Islam. It's going to be really, really great. So tonight's one of those nights where progress doesn't go off the air when we say goodbye. The extended coverage begins tonight at midnight or 9 p.m. on the West Coast, as soon as we are done. All right, Chris Hauselt is our executive producer out of South Carolina, and Thea Harper is our associate producer. Let's do a show. Tonight's title? I guess the Kanye endorsement didn't help Herschel. As you know, we've been watching all day to see how Georgia voters will decide what our Senate will look like as the state held their runoff for the final undecided Senate seat. Fulton County, Georgia, the most populous county in the entire state, released their early and mail-in ballot batch of votes a couple hours before we recorded this. And um, Senator Warnock got more than 82% of the early and mail-in ballot batch in Georgia's most populated county. That's a bigger margin of the mail-in ballot early vote than a few weeks ago. The first time he ran. But let's talk about the party of Herschel, shall we? I mean, it's not a good day for the Republican Party. I think I think the best thing you can say about today for the Republican Party, at least there's no Nazis, no Nazis on the front page. Uh, but, but let's be gracious. It, it wasn't a good day. And again, Democrats, liberals, progressives, anti-evil people that don't gloat. You know, the left will have its share of bad days. You'll see days when all kinds of bad things happen to progressive and Democratic candidates. So don't make fun of this. It'll happen to the left at some point. But let's begin with Herschel Walker. Early congratulations to Senator Raphael Warnock on uh, his reelection, even though they rejected my phrase. I pitched them a, a great campaign slogan a couple of weeks ago. I wouldn't vote for Herschel Walker if he put a gun to my head. I'm, I'm a bit surprised they didn't return the call. But, you know, Herschel Walker has been running against a Christian pastor who has never held a loaded gun to his wife's head or any other woman. And look, I don't want to be too harsh on Herschel Walker. I'm a comedian and I'm going to miss him. And also I've got a lot in common with him. I shouldn't be in politics and I enjoy visiting the state of Georgia. I'm just like Herschel. And yet Herschel Walker got enough votes last month to force a runoff. What made Herschel Walker able to charm so many in the state of Georgia? Was it his lies about having been a cop? Was it all the secret kids he had hidden and lied to his own staff about? Was it the way he abused his previous wife and girlfriends? Was it about his ex filing a protective order claiming he was violent towards her? How about his lie that he hired hundreds of employees? It was eight. How about his lie that he owned a chicken processing plant? You know, if I lied about that on my resume, I don't know if I'd get the job. What finally made Herschel win your heart? I mean... <laughs> Was it when he said that evolution can't be true because there's still apes? He said that. 
You know, when he said that, I went to the zoo and I stared at the apes for six hours. And damn it, he's right. They were still apes. No, see, here's the thing. Herschel Walker, all throughout this campaign, has trashed black men who are absentee fathers in front of conservative white voters. And (laughs) darn it, those voters like that message so much, they don't care that Herschel's an absentee father himself. And they like that Herschel Walker doesn't support abortion rights, even though he does support the abortion industry. But it just, you know, not a good day for the GOP. Did you see what happened today? The leaders of the House and Senate were greeting law enforcement officers who defended our Capitol on January 6th, including members of the Capitol Police and the Metropolitan Police Department. Today, those officers were awarded the Congressional Gold Medal. And it's a sin to be on radio. You've got to see the actual video of the footage. But the family of fallen U.S. Capitol Police Officer Brian Sicknick completely snubbed Republican leaders, both Senator Mitch McConnell and Congressman Kevin McCarthy at the ceremony, honoring their loved one who defended the Capitol during the January 6, 2021 terror attack. It's really shocking. You see the whole family shake hands warmly with Schumer, and then McConnell's got his hand out, and every one of them walks past him. McCarthy stands there looking mortified. They don't even look at them. Those are cops, folks. There's your campaign ad. But also, again, not a good day for the Republicans. The January 6th committee has confirmed they're going to be making criminal referrals to the Justice Department. Of course, the DOJ won't take any action just based on whether there's a referral or not. But, you know, they're they're doing what everyone's doing right now these days, giving Merrick Garland the ball. We'll see how that one plays out. But again, not a good day for the Republicans in the House of Representatives. They're getting ready to assume the majority. And we just saw the Democrats be in array as they unanimously elected Hakeem Jeffries as their new leader. Not so on the GOP side. Kevin McCarthy, after years of scheming and planning for this, still doesn't have the votes. And as of today, far right-wing Congressman Andy Biggs, who is, I I think, a piece of furniture in Donald Trump's house on the weekends, has announced he's going to run against Kevin McCarthy to be the House Speaker. Can you imagine you're a Republican in the Congress and your only choices are Kevin McCarthy or Andy Biggs? Ooh, Andy has said he would hold the budget hostage and he was willing to shut down the government unless we find a way to be shittier to immigrants. Uh, This is going to be really interesting. Keep in mind that um, Cassidy Hutchinson, the former White House aide who testified to January 6th committee, she testified that Republican Andy Biggs was among the six GOP lawmakers who actually asked Trump for a pardon for any connection to the attack on January 6th. I don't think he's going to beat Kevin McCarthy, but I think he should be very, very famous. And finally, you know, if we're talking about a bad day Republicans had, by now you've heard, folks, a Manhattan jury has convicted the Trump Organization of tax fraud, or as we say in New York, tax fraud. The Trump org was convicted on all 17 counts in a criminal fraud tax scheme. Uh, Prosecutors from the Manhattan DA's office were saying the company was criminally dodging taxes and suppressing payroll costs by giving the executives all these crazy perks and leases on luxury cars and apartments. And wasn't it dodging taxes that finally took down Al Capone? And wasn't it dodging taxes that Trump bragged about when he stupidly ran for president in 2015? Two days of deliberation, a month-long trial that included former Trump Organization Chief Finance Officer Alan Weisselberg as a star witness. Yes, Alan Weisselberg. Something else Fred left to Donald at his inheritance. Well, the jury reached the verdict. It could cost the Trump Organization up to $1.6 million in fines. I know, right? Donald Trump spends more than that on Diet Coke in a month. $1.6 million? 
you know, when he defrauded people with his fraud university, uh, he had to pay $26 million. And when he defrauded people with his fraudulent charitable foundation, he had to pay $2 million. For tax fraud, only $1.6 million in fines. But boy, add it to the list. Pile it on. The jury concluded that Donald Trump's companies dodged taxes by playing accounting games, showering the executives with benefits, reducing their official salary, and paying them at times like they were independent contractors. Trump himself wasn't charged. But Weisselberg, who still works for Trump, he pled guilty to everything and he agreed to testify against Trump in exchange for a lighter sentence. So what does this mean? It means the probably the end of the Trump organization. It's probably going to be gone and forgotten like a Trump wife. But it also seems ever more likely that the New York attorney general will prosecute Trump himself, especially because the prosecution was arguing evidence that showed Trump explicitly their words explicitly. OK, tax fraud. And Trump's like, what, Trump Foundation? I, I, I barely knew it. I maybe got a coffee a couple of times. Wasn't my type. I know. Don't get gloaty. It's not funny. Oh, and also, uh, here's the crazy thing. Special Counsel Jack Smith subpoenaed election officials in Arizona, Michigan, and Wisconsin as part of his investigation into Trump's efforts to overturn the 2020 election loss. No matter what happens, Donald Trump is going to keep on shoveling money to his attorneys, all to prolong what we all know is inevitable. Stop and smell the train wreck, folks. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. I'm John Fugel saying this is progress after dark. I'm going to miss Herschel Walker. I have a lot in common with Herschel Walker. Um, I'm not qualified to run for office, and I also enjoy being a tourist in Georgia. So I have those things with him. Um, Greg Pallast is an amazing investigative journalist, uh, a legend known for his undercover investigations spanning five continents from the Arctic to the Amazon, from the Congo to California. Using the skills he learned over two decades as an investigator of corporate fraud on behalf of the U.S. Department of Justice. Now, um, Mr. Pallast earned his degree in finance at the University of Chicago, studying under Milton Friedman, and he's led investigations of multi-billion dollar frauds in the oil, nuclear, power, and finance industries. I have read him for years. He has become a whole different kind of journalistic hero in the era of social media. He's been on the ground in Georgia and has been posting incredible reports, including a video that has to be seen to be believed in... Black Atlanta, an African-American area in Atlanta, showing in sped up fast motion footage how long, how long 
the voting lines in the non-suburban areas really are. It's a real thrill to welcome the great Greg Palace to Sirius XM. Hello, sir. <laughs> Hi. Well, you're, you're actually going back to my period uh, with, with Bob Dylan, which I first heard about that time. But I think most people know me, you know, for uh, films like The Best Democracy Money Could Buy. Of course, of course. That, uh, but uh, and and um, and I just want to give you a hint besides that, that short video you said we have a movie out. I say we. Yes. Um, um, called Vigilante, George's Vote Suppression Hitman. And 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 the hitman is a guy named Brian Kemp. But yeah, the film showed what's going on here. I was just listening to CNN, and they're saying, oh, there is no uh, vote suppression in Georgia. Look at, mm-hmm. look at there was record turnout. Uh, John, no, there wasn't. Just because you say a lie on TV, it's not true. The vote collapsed by nearly one million ballots. It was four and a half million ballots in the last runoff. It went down to three and a half million ballots this time. Uh, when you lose a, a million ballots, that does not mean it's a record turnout. What it Thank was. You. Thank you. What it was, was, yes, there was a record number of in-person voters because when Raphael Warnock won the special election two years ago, he won with the mail-in vote. He won with the early That's vote. That's right. So what they did was they basically said, Hey, it's virtually against the law to mail in your ballot. What they did was they had 107 drop boxes for mail-in voters. That's right. In in Atlanta two years ago. By law, after Warnock won, they passed a law, SB 202, which uh, uh, the NAACP calls Jim Crow 202. And uh, they removed, they, they cut the number of drop boxes from 107 to 25. That's a 70, if, if you're a, you know, went to uh, a no child's left behind left uh, school, you that's 77% <laughs> drop. And they took those drop boxes. I can't make this up. They took the drop boxes from black Atlanta. Thank you. And they moved them to white Southern Georgia so that the number of drop boxes increased in the, in the Southern white Republican areas while they crushed the number of abilities to drop off your ballot in in uh, Atlanta, they also cut the the runoff time by from 60 days to 28. By the way, 28 is a very cute number because that meant that it was one day too late to register to vote. One of the ways that Warnock won last time is he registered like uh, something like 100,000 new voters. He said, no, no, you can't register any new voters. That's right. Because we're cutting the time. And then I'm not done. By the way, that's a, that's a hit on Stacey Abrams, too, by the way. But go on. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. If you think that, that Stacey Abrams' loss was fair, <laughs> okay. So here's what's going on. But but CNN, they're, they're playing it like, oh, there was no Jim Crow because of this because of this fantasy of a record turnout. It's insane. So they cut the early voting days. Now African Americans and students uh, and and Atlantans vote early, like overwhelmingly, like seventy percent of Black people vote early, and they vote on Sunday souls to the polls day is the biggest voting day. So they simply outlawed Sunday souls to the polls day. <laughs> Uh, the other thing that they did, they cut the number of early voting days from 17 to 7. Now, they wanted mm. to cut it from 17 to 6, and they were really cute because they cut it in a period where they said you can't vote early the day after a state holiday. You know what the That's state right. holiday was? Robert E. Lee Day. Of course. I can't make this up. They said, so black people can't vote because they have to honor Robert E. Lee Robert Day. Robert E. Lee. Yeah, you know, Robert, yeah, uh, Robert E. Lee. And uh, oh, yeah. so, you know, American I mean, hero, American hero, yeah. Robert E. Lee. And so, yeah, but here's the other thing. Yesterday, 
a, a paper called the New York Times. I don't I, I have no, I don't read it, but <laughs> I've never heard of it. But um, apparently this paper basically endorsed Brian Kemp, who created this Jim Crow sy- system for president of the United States. It was a virtual endorsement close to, you know, he's the, the best Times did? I, I knew the Wall Street Journal had done it. I, I didn't know the, the Wall Times Street Journal, the, the Wall Street Journal gave an official endorsement yesterday. The Times just said he's the best candidate. Right. Uh, they didn't, that's not an endorsement yet. They kind of want to make sure that uh, that no one actually calls out Brian Kemp as the vote suppression hitman. Thank you. And by the way, interesting. That's the name of my film. Vigilante, George's vote suppression hitman. That is uh, Brian Kemp. You're uh, the next president that's chosen by um, uh, the, the ruling class of America and Georgia. Yeah, well, you know what? I'm glad we mentioned the film because um, I am a fan of your films. You were on a TV show I did on another channel to talk about the best democracy money can buy once upon a time. And I'm so inspired that you actually took the time and effort to make this film about Brian Kemp, who has kind of flown under the radar. And I think a lot of people who don't pay close attention to Georgia politics might be deceived into thinking he's some kind of champion of democracy because he told the truth about one thing. He stood up to Donald Trump. He would not rig the election for Donald Trump. But of course, what struck me, Greg, was right after we heard the phone call of Donald Trump trying to strong arm Raffsenberger into election fraud, into, you know, find me not all the votes, find just enough, 11,000. So I won. It was after then that Brian Kemp stood up and proudly said, no, our election has integrity. There was no voter fraud in Georgia. And he was right. He was also scared. And so right away, despite the fact he was trying to coast on his laurels of no election fraud, they passed a law to fight all this election fraud. And suddenly, you're right, the drop boxes start going away, the early voting hours start getting restricted, and suddenly the guy who's claiming that, no, Mr. Trump is wrong, there was no fraud there, is reading his social media comments from all the racists attacking him for not towing the Trump party line. So he tries to have it both ways, and he tries to put laws into place like so many other states, to fight non-existent voter fraud, because the real reason is, of course, to make it just a bit harder here and just a bit harder there for you-know-who to cast a vote. Yeah, exactly. In fact, actually, this whole thing that he stood up to Trump, the only, we have a single source for that standing up to Trump, Donald Trump, and yeah. he's not a reliable source. <laughs> Kemp himself said, I did not stand up. I didn't say no to Donald Trump. He called me and said, convene the legislature, and decertify the counties. That's, That's right. a fancy term for don't accept the votes from the counties where he lost. Now, what uh, Kemp said to him was, well, I don't have the authority under Georgia law. But guess what? In SB 202, read it carefully. And I don't. No, he I, does. Just, I know that I assume that you read the 98 pages of SB 202 before we <laughs> chatted. Uh, so you did your homework, right? And oh, so in SB 202, the new law that Kemp came up with, he now has the authority to overturn the election. He has the authority to decertify counties and remove county officials who certify votes he doesn't like. And he's already, and you'll see in the film Vigilante, the number one expert on voting in Georgia, Helen Butler, as soon as that law passed, he yanked Helen, uh, that is Kemp yanked Helen Butler, an African-American expert on voting rights from the election mm-hmm. board. So he's already started. So if Kemp gets a call from the Donald in 2024, if he's the candidate, he said, listen, you got to you got to decertify the Atlanta counties. Well, now he does have the power. That's right. This is this is dangerous stuff. I was just talking to the Congressional Black Caucus members today who are here came in because they're really shaken up. They want to know what's going on. 
Yeah. And um, they're showing the, they're showing the film to the caucus. But I, I'm trying to see if I can get um, the white congressional caucus to show the film as well. Oh, it's great. <laughs> yeah. We're trying. We're trying. Well, I mean, and but also, I mean, I, I do know a bit about SB 202 and uh, and I've talked about it before. And it also allows, you know, a conservative dominated legislature to throw out election results in counties they don't like without any proof, just if they think there might be some fraud. So, yeah, I mean, it's ironically called the Election Integrity Act. He did it to fight problems he acknowledged didn't exist. So, yeah, he drastically reduced the drop boxes. He shrank the window for the early voting. Y'all know this part where he made it a crime to give water to voters on long lines. Um, ID requirement for mail-in voting, even though there is no problem in Georgia or any other state with voter impersonation. And it allows state officials to intervene in county election management if they just don't like how it turns out. Is Brian Kemp just not as instantly loathsome as Ron DeSantis that he can fly under the radar about this sort of thing and not attract much media scrutiny? Yeah, well, I, I don't get it. I mean, if you watch his ads, he doesn't play that. He goes, you know, he, he, he has, I got me a pickup truck so I can I can round up illegals myself. And, and I got me a shotgun. No one's going to take it away. I mean, he, he's like to the right of Donald Trump. Yeah. By the way, that's just, not an impression. It's like you're channeling him. It's no, creepy. No, no, it's no, so accurate. Is, uh, that's I'm exactly not how he fun talks. Of, of him. That's it. Exactly. No. It, that's exactly him. And I had to sue him to open the file successfully in federal court. But, you know, there's another evil in this law, which is just and, and he's gotten away with this. And simply because I Frank, I think it's because of Trump derangement syndrome. If Trump says he doesn't like someone and he doesn't like Kemp, he must be a heroic guy. No, no, no. That's just an internal family exactly. squabble. Exactly. Okay, it's internal family squabble. Kemp but that's been the media president. narrative. The bat, that's been the media narrative. And Kemp has, I, I got to tell you, for such a goober, he's admirably walked both sides of this line. He has played himself as the principled independent who's not going to be pushed around by the likes of Donald Trump. And he has groveled before MAGA. And I think he's pulled it off when you consider that Trump cut him loose and essentially endorsed his opponent. And yet he still, you know, eked out another victory. Yeah. But, yeah. Think about this. His own Republican lieutenant governor would not vote for Herschel Walker. He said, I, I can't do that. Yeah, I can't do that. But yet Kemp was out there stumping for this guy. OK, stumping for this putz. OK, and I'm not being uh, that, that's a, a clinical. Uh, yeah, I don't want I'm, I'm not partisan at all. And but, I want to apologize um, to any putzes in our listening audience for being compared to yeah, Brian Kemp. We, we don't mean uh, to do you know, that. So, yeah. and, you know, I, I respect putz Americans, but they shouldn't be in the Senate now. <laughs> Okay, I'm laughing, and I've been. And if you see vigilante, there's a lot of weird ass laughs. Because, for example, one thing the reason it's called vigilante is that one thing people haven't noticed that also affected this election is that Georgia allows any voter to challenge any other voter's right to vote. And what Kemp did in SB 202, he took Jim Crow into cyberspace. He said you can have unlimited number of challenges, and, and unlimited means unlimited. Just so you know, John. There is one woman in a Republican uh, operative in Cobb County, which is kind of the, the suburb of, of Atlanta. She right. personally challenged 32,000 people. We called 800 of them, our, my staff. You know, I'm the guy in the hat, but there's a lot of people working as investigators in our operation. And we called 800. They're almost all African-Americans, except for some young people, students, whose votes are challenged. And I go to this woman's home. And I show her the pictures and I say, you know, these people, you know, this black woman, you know, you know, neighbor of yours. No, no, I've never met her. I don't know who she is. I said, but you challenged her right to vote. And then uh, she had an automatic weapon next to her door and her husband lunged at me. And 
and I had to leave. There's a little, and then she started, she dresses like Nancy Reagan, very elegant. And she started swearing at me like, like a sailor. In fact, I had to cut out almost every one of her words, unless I wanted an R rating on my documentary. And then there's another guy who dresses up like a vigilante and you think he's a cartoon and he likes to dress up like Doc Holliday with a pearl handled six gun. By the way, it was loaded when I had the interview with him. So we were a little bit nervous because we mm. didn't know, you know, and, and so Doc Holliday, except he's the chairman of the Republican Party in southern Georgia. So Doc Holliday personally challenged 4000 voters. And I went to meet one who's. A major Gamaliel Turner, who's the Pentagon's expert on warfare of the future. They actually have a guy, warfare of the future, um, you know, a, I don't know, with Horrifying. aliens or whatever. Actually, he showed me a weapon he was designing for Ukraine. But <laughs> he's a, okay, you got a 69-year-old career military officer. His vote was challenged because he was sent by the president to Fort, uh, Port Wainimi in California. And so apparently, according to the Republicans, Black soldiers who are sent assigned to another military base, if they're Georgians, suddenly right. are no longer American citizens. He was denied his ballot. He had to hire attorneys to get his ballot counted. And by the way, I just heard from the major because he went to court and they were threatened by a federal judge. He got his ballot, but his wife did not. So his wife was not allowed to vote in this election. Unreal. Just, and, you know, so just unreal. This is what's going on. So you, you got to see these guys. That's that's why I'm kind of pushing the film. By the way, it's free this week. Thank you, Jamie Foxx, who put up the money to pay for all the tickets. You get your own popcorn. But you go to this uh, site, vigilantemovie.com. It's free through the uh, weekend. Yeah, vigilantemovie.com. And they can also go to gregpalace.com to get the link as mm -hmm. well. Yeah. Yep. Uh, you know, I'm so grateful that you've been devoting so much time to Brian Kemp because I do think he's flown under the media radar quite a bit. Yeah, you know, I, I saw this campaign commercial he did for Herschel Walker on your Twitter where he actually said the words, let's send someone like Herschel to the U.S. Senate. And I'm like, let's send someone like Herschel. I mean, I could unpack that all day, but I'm curious what your take is. And you've been there on the ground. What's it like for you seeing the enthusiasm among people and seeing maybe the uh, the buyer's remorse of some Republican voters? Well, look, you know, Warnock squeaked through because thank God they can't shoplift all the votes all the time. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's a that's an important lesson. You can organize against it. I work with Black Voters Matter and others. But, you know, uh, obviously, Walker's an embarrassment, but that's not the point. You know, what Kemp is doing, what Kemp is doing is he's setting the groundwork for this presidential bid. Yeah. And he's proving that he's a good soldier who will elect a piece of bacon under a couch to the U.S. Senate. Wait, yeah. And there's a candidate like Herschel Walker. <laughs> there you go. So we shouldn't be so happy that that Warnock squeaked through by itself because the, the Jim Crow is still there. Now, why am I crazy enough to keep I live in, in Los Angeles. I actually started investigating this guy, Kemp, when I was living in London, working for The Guardian. I was a BBC television uh, investigative reporter. And this guy, and I'm getting these reports about this secretary of state. That's a guy who's in charge of the voting in Georgia. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the tricks this guy is pulling, every it's like whack-a-mole. I kill one, I expose one, kill it off, and, right. and another one comes up. So I keep going back to Georgia. You think I love flying to Georgia every year for like nine years. And now I'm in tears because this guy's going to run for president. So I got to keep coming back here. And, uh, <laughs> you know, like, my wife is like, no. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, but, you know, so I, I can't say that I'm, I'm thrilled 
you know, I don't want to diss um, the, the rotten peach state, but, you know, I have other other things to do. I work on other investigations. But if you want to find out about vote suppression, you got to come. You got to follow the vote suppressor in chief. That's right. And that's, that's Brian exactly Kemp. Right. And, and the thing is, his tricks. And that's why, even though it's called Vigilante Georgia's vote suppression hitman, like the Texas delegation from the Congressional Black Caucus was here today because they said, listen, Greg, it's coming to Texas. Everything that they do in Georgia spreads out to Florida and, and Wisconsin yeah. and, and you name it. So so it's not it's you know, if you think, oh, yeah, those goobers in Georgia, why, why do we worry? No, Florida's already passed a law like this. Yeah, Florida's already done yeah. one like it. But, you know, you you nailed something also that was really, really powerful. Obviously, the very fact that you have these insanely long lines in African-American voting districts, while rural counties and suburbs average 10 to 12 minutes at most half an hour. I mean, is that not black and white proof <laughs> in photographs of black voter black, suppression? Yeah. I mean, it's just it, it's acceptable. This is how when we say it's a rigged system, this is what it looks like. Yeah, well, I have to say I didn't pay for a bunch of extras. I couldn't afford it. The, the line <laughs> was over was OK. So the this uh you actually can go online and look at the length of lines every single atlanta voting station in that week of early voting every single one was over two hours long from morning till night uh, in outside in the, in the white rural areas 10 minutes yeah mm. that's what votes and, and you know here's the, you know what the spin was in the national media oh there's no vote suppression look at all those black people who are coming out to vote exactly i don't know that it looked like it was in south africa it's like oh, apartheid and, it's and so i don't awful. get the, the media narrative the media is like lapping this guy up yeah and that's and the danger because you can they, it's so slick they use footage of how it's rigged to argue that it's not rigged and, yeah, and no. you know <laughs> But but again, when we talk about, you know, a, a rigged economy, a rigged society, rigged elections, we're getting very close to uh, what uh, law professors call critical race theory. Um, <gasps> or for the Republicans, it's uncritical of racist I, theory. And wait, that's wait, wait, uh, go ahead. Please, say, crit, are you allowed to say critical race theory on the air? Oh, we're this is progress. We're all heathens here. Yeah, it's the uncritical of racism theory that that bothers me. And one thing that you have been covering, Mr. Palace, that no one else I've seen has gone into is how, well, let's just say a lot of Republican governors cynically try to ban critical race theory, which isn't being taught in their public schools anyway. But, you know, you got to do something right. These guys are always the ones who never protest racism. They protest protests of racism. This is how you spot it in our world now. People who are more angry at Colin Kaepernick's knee than Derek Chauvin's. But but when it comes to Brian Kemp. He's a very special case. And you have been yes. calling a whistle on this in that he didn't just make a law making it harder to learn about systemic racism in schools and to learn how the system's rigged. He made a law to whitewash his own family history in that That's bloody right. awful rigging. Well, actually, he passed a law that says you can't teach divisive historical concepts. Now, what, so I looked at, well, what, what about history that he doesn't want kids to know? Turns out. Where did Kemp come from? He seemed to have fallen into politics from outer space because his family's name wasn't Kemp. It was Habersham and Roswell. They are the family that first brought enslaved Africans to Georgia. You know, something I didn't know until I was researching for this film is that Georgia was the one territory in the United States 
one colony before our independence, which banned slavery. Slavery was outlawed in Georgia till the Kemp family or his ancestors cut a deal with the King of England, with King George, to bring in. Uh, they gave a slice of the slave trade to King George, and then That's they right. brought in Africans and created the plantations and basically not only enslaved black people, but as the local farmers who had banned slavery thought would happen, they became slaves themselves. As you know, they became indentured servants and then sharecroppers. So they got to share the slavery. And this is Kemp's family. Now, I talked to his cousin who said, look, we have to admit where our power and money of our family came from. It's it's from the, the backs of the Africans who are, you should see the pictures, the whip. Africans. By the way, the Kemp family was known internationally as the cruelest slave drivers in America. There was a, a best-selling book, believe it or not, about Kemp's ancestors as the cruelest slave owners in America. I can't make this. Now, it's not his. He didn't bring enslaved Africans, but he wants to cover it up. Exactly. And he says, OK, we're not. You can't. You can. You know, do you realize a teacher could lose their job by saying saying what I just said? Brian Kemp's family brought in. The first, I mean, it sounds uh, like a teacher could lose their job place. by saying that Robert E. Lee brutally had his human property beaten on his plantation because he did. I mean, anyone who's there trying to argue that we should honor Robert E. Lee, that, that black children should have to walk past statues of Robert E. Lee on their way to school or look at the American swastika of the Confederate flag. Uh, I'm not surprised at all that they don't take any of it seriously, including their own family's culpability. And you're right. It's not his fault. He wasn't there, but he grew up the beneficiary of that ungodly institution. And as yeah. you point out so adeptly, he's trying really hard to make sure no one finds out about his family history before 2024. That's right. And I was just in in uh, Coffee County and, and showing my film in Coffee County because that's where you walk, go into Coffee County, you're greeted by all these flying uh, Confederate flags and the official Confederate uh, statue in the middle of the town square and the <laughs> Confederate honoring courthouse and and when he was secretary of state in charge of voting he had special powers he could arrest people and he had the first black councilwoman ever elected there she only got her seat because the naacp sued he had her arrested for interfering with voters she was facing five years in prison five years in prison and what happened was all she did was help people who filled out forms saying i'm disabled can you help me figure out these voting machines they had to fill out a form so of course a jury threw it out by the way a white jury said in like 35 seconds throughout the charges but this woman was facing five years in prison then he he arrests 10 black members of the school board in a nearby mm. town said that they were vote tampering they were facing 10 years in prison and by the way so it's school teachers including two phds but they're black and he paraded them in orange outfits like terrorists at Guantanamo, of right? Of course, of course. And, and of course, that was all thrown out too, but they went through years of litigation. This is what he it's, He uses police terrorism to enforce his Jim Crow tactics. He terror, He's literally been terrorizing the black community and not just the black community. You know, when the Asian American vote started switching from Republican to overwhelmingly Democrat, mm -hmm. he wouldn't put up with it. Uh, a group was formed called uh, 10,000 Koreans Vote, which so they try to register 10,000 Korean Americans. And he didn't put their names on the voter rolls. He's secretary of state. He, they sent them the registration forms. They said, where's our where's our um, where's our voters? They're not on the rolls. And they said, well, you never sent us any forms. They said, oh, we know we did because we have the photocopies. They said, mm. Oh, we'll be right over. 
He came over with RoboCops, automatic weapons, the whole RoboCop army, the Georgia Bureau of Investigation kicked in the doors, took the computers and said that they were going to charge all these elderly Korean American vote registrars with felony crimes. They never did. But of course, it it, uh, it destroyed the organization. That was the end of the Korean American voter drive. Unreal. This the, and this guy, oh, hey, you should you should read this glowing profile in the New York Times. I mean, I saw what the journal did. I'm like, what? What is the, the love journal. affair with the Santos off already? My God, uh, Greg Palast, you are a journalist, journalist, and um, as as a longtime fan, it's such an honor to have you here on the show. We'd love to have you back Thank anytime you. and promote anything you're working Can't on. Do. Once again, if people want to see Vigilante, George's vote suppression hitman, your latest excellent film, they can see it for free through the end of this weekend, right? Yep, that's right. Uh, and uh, introduced by Martin Sheen, our executive producer. Go to gregpalace.com and get all the links and all the information and the follow-up on this story. And it ain't just Georgia. Narrated by a friend of this show, Rosario Dawson. Greg Palace, yes. thank you so much. It's such an honor to have you. Please come back anytime. Will do. Thanks, John. Have a great evening. Happy uh, Georgia runoff day to you, too. We'll be right back in just a moment. We're going to be taking your calls all the way till midnight on the East Coast, 9 p.m. on the Pacific at 866-997-4748. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm John saying This is SiriusXM Progress. We are going live until uh, midnight on the East Coast, 9 p.m. on the Pacific. And tonight, because of the Georgia runoff, the great Nyera Hawk will continue the live programming right here at the same number, 866-997-GRIT. So just think you can stay up late and talk to someone much smarter about all this than me. Hey, here's a quick clip of Herschel Walker early this morning feeling really good about his runoff election. I feel very good about the outcome. I think the early vote was good. And so now I'm going to win this election. There you go. There you go. <laughs> As only he can express it. Cat in Dallas, hello and welcome. Hey, John. How you been today? Very good. How are you? I'm doing good. I want to thank you for providing me with a lot of useful information. Oh. And I'm sorry I've been very sick. I've been very sick lately, so... I oh, I'm so sorry. First off, I don't know any... I, I, no one's ever accused me of providing useful information. Uh, you might be thinking this is the Dean Obadala show. But but what, what's going on? Oh, are no, you no, okay? No, Dean, Dean's good, but you're, you're, you're actually... You and Thomas, you and Dean and and Tom Hartman and uh, Michael Angelo Angeletto are very very useful. But thank you, just le- just thank to... you for leaving Stephanie Miller out of that. By the way, thank you for not mentioning her with the rest uh, of us. I, I appreciate that I myself. I her, but she's she's got a lot of she's got a lot of funny going on. But um, 
I'm one of the, she gets a little too no. much praise as far as I'm concerned. She gets a little too much praise, that woman. So go ahead. What's on Absolutely, your mind? Absolutely, yes. Yeah. Well, uh, people are unaware, right, of advances in cars that mm-hmm. are, are battery-powered, okay? Uh, now, I'm going to say this. It's only been two months, but I have found more places to charge my car. I can go cross-country in my vehicle, and I literally have no gasoline. So anyone who has anything to say about that needs to come and talk to me. I literally will tell you that you can go cross-country United States and not have a problem getting where you're going to. With That's really encouraging to hear. We need more stories about that. Absolutely. And one very important factor of that is that the less that we depend on fossil fuels, the less we become you know, part of this this oligarchy, whatever it is, that's yeah. running the whole show. Okay? Yeah. So people need to be aware of that. Uh, we need to free ourselves of fossil fuels, and which are not sustainable. Preach. And I, I used to be a person that drove Hemis. And I was all about the big engines, about racing. Honestly, i got to tell you that my tiny little, my itty-bitty little, little, little Nissan Leaf, yeah. And smoke my Hemi, okay? That's just, that's just a tip. <laughs> okay. The other thing is, is this. What do you mean by smoke my Hemi? Just, I'm curious. What, is, what do you mean by that? Well, it's fast. It's super yes. fast. No, and it is. Actually, and by the way, the leaf, the leaf is the top selling. I'm sorry, the the the, the leaf is one of the top selling uh, electric cars in all of Europe, and it's made right here in the states. Absolutely, and there is literally a, a leaf race car that was recently. So if you go on YouTube, look it up. And they recently did a leaf race cart, and I was really impressed with that. So just anyone who wants to know about that, look it up. Uh, I, I'm glad that I found out because my, my car was demolished by a neighbor who crashed into my car on the street. So I said, okay, well, fine, my car is destroyed. Let me see what other alternatives are available. And I found out available. I found out, I found out not really uh, something I wanted to do, but I went to Nissan and I explored the alternatives, and literally, I saw this, and I said, wow, this is really impressive. Now, understand, very important, that I'm, I'm a mathematician. I'm okay. an electronics engineer. Okay, okay. I'm an electronics engineer. Okay. okay. Uh, I am considered a scientist. I'm not, I don't really go for that title, but I look at the numbers. So, for me, it's all about numbers and the mathematics, okay? So, I see it, and I will tell people that, yes, it works, but be aware that all around you there is an entire infrastructure of charging for your for your wireless car. It's amazing. Okay, that you may yeah. you may be unaware of. So be aware of that. There's literally, and I, I don't work for these people. I'm not someone who works. <laughs> no, for these no, you're a believer. Uh, I get it. I'm, I'm a scientist, and for me, there's Blink. There's a Blink station. There's Electrify America. There's EVGo. I literally have been able to charge my car in 40 minutes. I'm 50. From 50% in 40 minutes. So figure that out. If you go into the gas station to get a burrito while your right. car is charging, right. you know, I mean, your your car, you're coming out your car is at 90%. So, so what do you people, say when someone says, what do you say when someone says that's too long? I have things to do. I don't want to wait for my car to charge. I would say that that's unrealistic because we all work in, in a world where time is of the essence, obviously. I work at home right now because of the COVID that happened. Okay. But I will tell anyone that the fossil fuels are unsustainable. They're unsustainable. I agree. I agree. They're unsustainable. Right on. And that, that, that is that, that 
The other thing is, is that the other night I inadvertently mentioned an incorrect fact. Okay. And I apologize for that. I was very, very sick. And the <laughs> one okay. thing people need to understand is that we are all one people. Okay. Yes. And there may be a lot of bad things going on right now, but we need to realize the most important lesson we can learn is from the book of Matthew. And, and I'm not, I'm not, quick. I'm not, a, I'm not a Christian. Okay. Okay. You don't need to be. But, but if you read the book of Matthew, Jesus was approached by the disciples and they said, your mother and your brother and your sister are here. Right. And, and he waved to the crowd and looked and said, behold, my mother and brother and sister. And that's all you need to know. And that's, a, yeah. that's hopefully a message that I can convey. I'm not a hippie. I'm what do you mean? What do you mean? What's what's the message? A shout out to mom? What's the message? The message is that you know your 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 brother is right there in front of you. You know it doesn't matter. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Your mother is right there in front of you. It doesn't matter. You know that they you don't know them by last name. You know. Right. They I understand. Are, and and that is how we need to focus. And and that is the message all the world's that, religions keep trying to tell us, isn't it? And when we realize that. We realize that we cannot be a Republican. Nothing against hmm. Republicans. I understand that. I understand their thought process. I do, but okay. we need to pick each other up instead of pull each other down. You know, and that is uh, that's the truth. That's the absolute yeah. truth of how things need to be done. If if I go to the store and there's someone there that is having a problem and they don't have enough money to cover, you know, they need two or three dollars. You know what? Here's two or three dollars. Whatever. Get your subscription, get your, get your prescription, get the heck out. Because I, I can, it's not going to hurt me. And, and, right. and it, it, sounds, it sounds like a lot of do-gooderism, it does. No, 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 it's not. Think, it's, it, that's not do-gooderism. It's good citizenry. It's good civics. It's good capitalism. Absolutely. It's, it's take, yeah. Listen, Kat, I gotta, we got to hit a break, but I thank you so much for the call, and thank you for educating me so much about electric cars. It's very, very encouraging. I'm someone who just bought my wife an electric Vespa scooter, and boy, I'm really, really in love with living in a city with one of those. It's amazing so to these, watch. Go ahead. So, so you're sick, sick of, of what? Cra- sick of these crank callers, John. What do you mean, Chris? A cat calls in, talks about driving around in a leaf. Come on. What, what, what is it, a Smurf village? Oh, I see. Yes, you're not aware of, uh, of technology. Uh, there's actually electric cars made here in America that sell very well overseas. We have a lot of things here in America that are more popular overseas, like uh, electric cars, uh, COVID vaccines, and democracy. We got plenty of it. The rest of the world wants it. We got to <laughs> take a quick break. We'll be right back. Welcome to Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low- and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. 
With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I am a proud son of Savannah, Georgia. A coastal city known for its verdant town squares and its cobblestone streets. Tall, majestic oak trees dripping with Spanish moss. Bend and beckon the love of history and horticulture to this city by the sea. My roots, like the roots of those oak trees, go deep down into the soil of Savannah and Waycross and Scriven County and Burke County. I am Georgia. I am, I am an example and an iteration of its history of its pain and its promise, of the brutality and the possibility. But because this is America, and because we always have a path to make our country greater against, against unspeakable odds, here we stand together. Thank you, Georgia. Senator Reverend Raphael Warnock speaking at his event, now having been confirmed the projected winner in the Georgia U.S. Senate runoff with 99% of the vote in. I'm John Fugelsang. We are live on Sirius XM. Uh, our number here at Progress is 866-997-4748, 866-997-GRIT. If you voted in Georgia today or if you have thoughts on the vote in Georgia today, or if you want to make fun of Herschel Walker, uh, we want to hear from you. 866-997-GRIT. Again, not a not a great day for the Republican Party. I mean, we, we just saw Herschel go down in flames. Um, we also had a day where, well, uh, as we said at the top of the show, the law enforcement officers who were defending the Capitol were all given medals today. And the family of fallen U.S. Capitol Police Officer Brian Sicknick refused to shake hands with Mitch McConnell or... Kevin McCarthy. The January 6th committees confirmed they're going to make criminal referrals to the Justice Department. Somebody give Merrick Garland the ball. Andy Biggs, the extreme far right Republican. He's so far. He's so far right. He's almost speaking in German. He's going to be running against Kevin McCarthy for the House Speaker. And of course, a Manhattan jury has convicted the Trump Organization of tax fraud on all 17 charges. Ooh, it's only Tuesday, and we're at 866-997-4748. I want to say there's also been a lot of other news going on today uh, that I want to cover really quick before we get to your calls. On SiriusXM POTUS channel earlier today, former Donald Trump enabler and Iraq War Grand Poobah John Bolton said he was shocked, shocked, couldn't believe it when he heard Donald Trump say he wants to shred the Constitution now. Now listen to this and ask yourself, is John Bolton doing this because he's really shocked? Is he doing this because he needs a gig? Or is he doing this because he really thinks he's going to be another anti-Trumper to run for president in two years? Give a listen. Well, I was electrified to hear Donald Trump uh, say that he wanted to terminate the Constitution. I really think that uh, is, is, a, is a moment of existential truth. There, there's simply no way 
that uh, you can equivocate on your view of that. You either believe in the Constitution or you believe in Donald Trump. And uh, although some Republicans have certainly spoken up unequivocally, not enough have, in my view, not nearly enough. Uh, and so far, really, none of the ones who are mentioned by the great mentioner to be running for president. So I had I did uh, take a serious look at running in 2016. I decided not to do it. I hadn't really <laughs> been thinking uh, about doing it uh, this year. But but to save the Republican Party and therefore ultimately uh, a viable two party system in this country, uh, the Republicans have got to stand up and deal with the problem. Of Donald Trump, the media aren't going to do it for us. The Democrats aren't going to do it for us. We've got to do it. Mm. Yeah, Democrats uh, are going to do it for you, but they shouldn't. So they should let you guys have to handle it. Right. I mean, where where do we begin with that clip, Chris? What is he smoking? I, <laughs> I, where can I get it? Where to begin? Where where does he think that he has an ounce of the strut it would take to run for president? <laughs> not at all. And it, but it would be like a Newt Gingrich running for president. It's not running for president. It's running for yourself. It's running for higher public speaking fees. It's running to brand yourself. It's running to be on that debate stage for several weeks as long as you can eke it out and sell more books or book yourself into more speaking gigs that's that's all it is john bolton knows he'll never be president for god's sakes my god with that mustache sorry no but you know i I love hearing him talk about how much he cares about the constitution because constitution says only congress can declare war legally in this country which we haven't done well uh this week it'll be 81 years in fact tomorrow uh, will be the day after tomorrow will be 81 years since the last time America legally declared war after the bombing of Pearl Harbor. John Bolton was one of the architects of the illegal, immoral Iraq war. So it's fun hearing him pretend to care about the Constitution. You know who else pretends to care about the Constitution? Mitch McConnell. Here he is. What's that, Chris? Yeah, not me. I don't care. No, not you. You don't care about the Constitution. But here's here's uh, here, here's Mitch. He doesn't think Trump has much of a chance, especially if he won't abide by the Constitution. Can you say categorically that you would not support him if you were the Republican nominee? What I'm saying is it would be pretty hard to be sworn in to the presidency if you're not willing to uphold the Constitution. That's what I said, and uh, I just said it again. He's so clever. <laughs> what almost, even... almost stinker. <laughs> Oh my God! I've got All another Warnock clip. If you want to uh, cleanse your palate, John. Yeah, please, please. Let's let's scrape that off. Okay. Here's some more Raphael Warnock from his victory speech in Georgia. There are those who would look at the outcome of this race and say that there's no voter suppression in Georgia. Let me be clear. Just because people endured long lines that wrapped around buildings some blocks long just because they endured the rain and the cold and all kinds of tricks in order to vote doesn't mean that voter suppression does not exist it simply means that you the people have decided that your voices will not be silenced 